thank you for this word. We thank you for the anointing. We thank you that you're present in our midst and that the glory of God is manifested in our midst. And I thank you that this word, this seed, will fall upon all ground and it will bring forth a mighty harvest. I thank you, Father God, that this subject that I'm teaching on is very important in our lives to stay away from. As I've been reading through the Bible, God, time and time again, your word talks about this. And so, Father, we are grateful. And Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. And I thank you that you teach through me. In Jesus' name, amen. And everyone said, amen, amen hallelujah. Okay, nugget. Old ways will not open new doors. Old ways will not open new doors. How many believe that? If you keep doing the same thing over again in your life and new doors don't open, raises don't come or whatever, you might want to check out what's going on. A lot of times our personalities need a change. How many know that? Okay, lying and deception. Look at your neighbor and say, I don't want to be a liar. I don't want to be a liar. Pardon? Or I don't want to be deceived. So I have been studying um, the epistles of Paul, and I think I've gone all the way through Revelation either three or four times. I think it's four. And I've learned a lot in Revelation that I never, every time I go through it, and I'm, I'm going through it and hearing it also, Every time I go through it, I learn something new. And so we all need to read the book of Revelation. But anyway, this has been, it's been exciting. It's kind of like being in Bible school, to be real honest with you. I've missed being here, but there were reasons. And praise God. And the healed in Jesus' name. Why does God hate lying? It is, a po it is opposite of his nature. Pure, truthful, compassionate, and loving. You know, one thing about lying, I don't know, that was the one thing. There were two things in, in our household, three actually. Don't get in strife. I'm talking about when I was a child. Number one was don't lie. If you lie, you're going to get it. Well, the next one was don't tattle. Because if you tattle, unless it's some great emergency, you're both going to get whipped. The third thing was um, I got lying and tattling. And my mother would look at you in the face and say, look at me. And you can tell when a kid's lying if, if you look at them long enough. The third thing was 
you have a curfew, never be a minute later. I do not, I don't care. There is no excuse. If you're a minute later, you're going to be grounded for a long time. The fourth thing was never get a, below a B on your report card because if you do, you'll be grounded until the next one. And so, and, and we all had to take college prep courses, whether we wanted to or not. So that's, she was strict. Now, I, some of those I, I added to our family. Lying to me was the number one, and being late was number two. And um, I remember one time, I think I might have shared this. I don't know if, well, you guys probably don't remember those, but they used to have these. If you watched Happy Days, I don't know if they had the outside drive-in thing, but the cars would park. There was a restaurant inside, but they also had where you drove up and the girls would come out and serve you. Well, what they would do, they would park one behind another. And so we got stuck in there and nobody was moving. We were like in the second, the, my date and I, nobody was moving and I was five minutes late. I, you couldn't talk her. There was no way of talking it down. So I didn't like it at the time, but I appreciate it now. I appreciated the rules that it, it made me a better person. I didn't like it, but how many of us know there are things that God asks of us that when we read them at first, when you first get saved, you don't like it. It goes against what you've been free to do. And so lying is the opposite of God's nature. In Genesis, or in John 8, 44, let's turn there. You doing okay over there? You are. This is very interesting. Uh, let's go to 42. All right, let's go up to 41. You do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Why do you not understand my speech? Because you cannot hear my word. They couldn't, hear, they, they couldn't listen to him. They didn't want to listen to them. You know, so many times we wonder, well, why is a person doing this? Because they can't hear the Father. They've decided they want something so bad. Then he goes on to say, hang on. Where did I stop? I know you're reading. Okay. Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father 
the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speak a lie, he speaketh his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. He's the father of lies. Okay, I'm going to read 44 in the Amplified. You're of your father, the devil, and it is your will to practice the lust and gratification, the desires which are characteristic of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a falsehood, he speaks what is natural to him. For he is a liar himself, and the father of lies, and of all that is false. Now, you know, a lot of people in the times that we're in right now, it's really interesting. We're, going, we're seeing so much going on in our government, and there are so many liars that are, that are so much lying that's going on. Well, putting their hand on the Bible that they don't even believe in and swearing on it, they're not going to tell the truth. They don't believe in it. They don't believe in the power of it. That's what the Lord showed me. They don't believe in the power of it. They don't really care. It's just like a book to them. So they'll lay, lay their hands on it and swear by it and whatever, but it, it's a book that means nothing. And so they'll go ahead and tell their lies. And so don't you know, people get so concerned because the times we live in, every day we're, we see something different and we're becoming closer and closer to the end time. It could be any time, really. Okay. In Genesis chapter 3, let's turn there. Now, the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any living creature in the field which the Lord God had made. And he, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from every tree of the garden? Where was the serpent? He was in the field. Was he supposed to be in the garden? No. He was supposed to be in the field with the rest of them. The garden was made for Adam and Eve. And so, yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die, for God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, 
and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat it and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them were both open, and they knew that they were naked. And then it goes, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons, and then God had to kill an animal to dress them. How sad when you look at this. He directly contradicted God's word that you shall that you will not surely die. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 11.3. How many have ever been on a diet and you're really sticking to it and the enemy will tell you, go ahead, just eat one, it won't hurt you. You've been on the diet long enough and, and if you eat it, it won't. Every time... That is how I've blown, blown my diet every time, by just eating one because one became many. So we need to understand he knows exactly what are the strongholds in our life, mainly because either our family or we've opened the door to it, and so that's where he's going to tempt us. I've said before, I've never been tempted to rob a bank. It's not even something I would even think about. But we knew a gentleman one time, actually knew his wife, and she married him. Believe it or not, he'd gone to, he had been put in jail or put in prison for robbing a bank. She met him out at Lompoc Prison. They prayed, he got out, they got married, they started having marriage problems, and he did it again. Now, how stupid can you be? You already know, number one, you know the word. You know where it's going to take you, and that's exactly where it took him. So, here he was full of the word, knew the word, and went ahead and robbed a bank again. I, I couldn't believe it. Okay. So, 2 Corinthians 11, 3. Let's see what happens here. Don't tell me. I am... Try 1 Corinthians. I'm looking where the devil beguiled Eve. Pardon? Is it 2 Corinthians? 11.3. I was in 3. Sorry about that. Need to learn how to count better, right? 2 Corinthians 11.3, mine says, speak unto Rob. Mm -mm. I'm in Chronicles. I'm like, seems like I'm not far enough over here. We can all laugh. Go ahead. It's okay. I don't care. 
I've been laughed at before. Second Corinthians eleven three. Okay, here we go. Let's start with verse one. Would to God you could bear with me a little in my folly and indeed bear with me. For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety so your minds should be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ. In the Amplified it says, But now I am fearful, lest, I, lest even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, so your minds may be corrupt and seduced and wholeheartedly and sincere, wholeheartedly, and sincere and pure devotion from wholehearted and sincere and pure devotion to Christ. That's pitiful. We don't want, you know, he is cunning. And he doesn't, he doesn't stop. Lying is one of the primary weapons against man and desires for us to be like him. In Proverbs 6.16, let's turn there. You know, we get so into these other sins that we forget what God talks about in Proverbs 6. There are six things the Lord hates. Indeed, seven are an abomination to him. A proud look, the spirit that makes one overestimate himself and underestimate others, a lying tongue, enhance it shed innocent blood, a heart that manufactures wicked thoughts and plans, feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies even under oath. There you go. And he who sows discord amongst his brethren. I'm going to go over and, and look at this a minute. In the Amplified, there are... are King James, there are six things that the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imaginations, feet be swift to running. Don't you love opening them? Yeah. Just pop it in my mouth when you get it out. Um... Hang on here. Feet, 
feet that are swift and run into mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. So lying is in here. I don't see some sins that some pe that most Christians call the ultimate worst sin in the sins in the world. These things are an abomination to God. When God talks about abomination being abomination, we need to look up, see what it means, study it out, and decide we're not going to do it again. Amen. Thank you, Whitney. This is not a list that your name should be associated with. Isaiah 14, 12. You know, it's interesting. One little lie. You tell one. Then you tell another one. And after a while, you forget what you said with the first one. And you're all messed up. I tell people when they come to counseling, I tell them, one thing don't do. Just don't even do it. Don't lie to me because the Lord will tell me you are and I will confront it. You know, I, there's been times when people have lied to me and I haven't said a word just then. I want to see if they'll come and repent. Say, you know, Pastor, I, was, I wasn't honest. But they don't, so I have to tell them. You know, you lied, and we can't go any further until we get this straightened out. There's no sense in it. Okay, so let's go there. Isaiah 14, 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art, how art thou cut down to the ground, which did which didst weaken the nations. How have you fallen from heaven, O light bringer and day star, sun of the morning? How you have been cut down to the ground, you who weakened and laid, the laid low the nations, O blasphemous Satan, satanic king of Babylon. This is when... Now let's go on to Luke ten eighteen, and then I'll explain it. You know, there were dinosaurs. This was the one big thing for a long time that kept me from becoming a believer because I was from a family of scientists. And um, I just, there was just, this needed to be proved. And finally, I said, I'm going to put it on the, put it on the shelf, receive Jesus, and I know this will be explained. Luke 10:18. I'm the type of person that I want to know why. 
why and how this works. Always have been. And God is always faithful. If you'll be patient and take the time and keep studying to show you. Okay? Luke 10, 18. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over, and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. This is when the seventy return with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through your name. He said, in the uh, Amplified, Behold, I have given you a... Oh, wait a minute. Hang on. And he said to them, I saw Satan falling like a lightning flash from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority and power to trample on serpents. Okay, let's go to one more. No, we'll stay here. Okay. We never did find the one in Ezekiel, did we? Maybe it was Isaiah. It says that Satan was cast out of heaven and thrown to the nations. There were beings at that time. There were nations. They were beings. They are, were not human beings. They call them cavemen. There were dinosaurs, and all that was destroyed. God had to destroy it. A third of the angels left with the devil when he was thrown out of heaven. Some think they're the demons that are around here, but the Bible talks about them being in hell. God had to completely just destroy that whole thing. That's why it says in Genesis 1, 1, if we'll turn there. And I've shared this before. We weren't at Rhema very long when one of our instructors, Bob Yandian, taught on the pre-Adamic race. And I was so grateful because then the one question that I had was answered. The one question that that I had put on the shelf was answered. There was a race. They were not humans before Adam and Eve. It says, Genesis 1.1, In the beginning God created the heaven and earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And then we see God said, let there be light. And he goes on, God said, God said, God said. And so he created everything that we see. But before that, there were beings, there were nations, there were dinosaurs, there were whatever. I don't know if anybody's ever been down to the La Brea Tar Pits. I think I spoke about this. It's worth going to, man. It's worth taking your vacation and going to. When I was a little girl, 
I don't know, Paul, did you ever go down there? Every now and then, they're tar pits, and they bubble. I don't know what they're like now. I mean, this was 70 years ago, so. And they bubble, and every now and then, they would spit out a bone. And so they have dinosaurs. You know, they got all these bones out of there, and they built the dinosaurs. And so, you know, as a little girl, that was really astonishing to me was to look at those and this bubbling glob of tar that these bones had come out of. And it was interesting to watch. I mean, I just found that very interesting. So that was, that was something that I'd seen them. I knew they were there. I knew they were thousands and thousands of years, but no one could, no one ever taught on it. But this professor, Bob Yanyan, he taught on the pre-Adamic race, and it was extremely interesting. He went through the word, and it was it was unbelievable. And that I was able to take that question I'd had off the shelf and throw it away because what I wondered had been answered. I don't know if you, any of you have ever gone through something like that, but that's how my mind thinks. <clears throat> so we see, let's look at Revelation 12, 9. If any of you ever get a chance to go down there, it's, that was one of my favorite places to go. I just, I found that very interesting. Watching that bubbling tar through a glass was really interesting to me. That and the, oh, I can't remember what it, it was where you go and look at the stars. I can't think of the word right now. The what? Yeah, Mount Wilson. We used to go up there and I used to really love that. If you've never been to Mount Wilson, it's worth going to. Okay, Revelation 12.9. Actually, Mr. Hancock from town here, our, Mr. Sylvester, our landlord, I, we were talking about the La Brea Tar Pits one day, and he told me that Mr. Hancock from town here owned that land that it was on and gave it to the city. Or to the state, I guess. I don't know. Which is very interesting. Santa Maria is known, whether we believe it or not. Revelation 12, 9. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil, and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Who deceived the whole world. So, you know, he's a liar. He's a deceiver. He knows how to deceive. 
In 2 Corinthians 11, 14. Let's get to Corinthians again. <laughs> you know, sometimes... We just have to say, if someone asks us, do I look nice in this? Be honest. Don't, you know, it's not worth lying about anything. Trust me. God hates liars. 11.14. Okay. Let's go up to 12. But what I do, that I will do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, and wherein thy glory, that they may be found even as we. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no... And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. So, there are faults teachers, false prophets, false whatever. And they're, they're, they will be known. God is going to open up people's eyes to this. This is why it's so important. Um, Pastor had found a couple things in the book the other night. and <clears throat> I know what it's like because Brother Hagen was very careful that his he had someone do the writing and the research, but he made sure it was re-read over and over so those kind of things didn't show up. But that's why we have to, when we're reading something, we have to really look at it. Really look at it. I remember the one book we were reading that was the last day we read it when I was studying the night before, and this man believed that our, redemption, our redemption took place In Gethsemane, wasn't that it? What in the in the Garden of Gethsemane? And I read that. I was on a set. I read that, and I went no. And I went back and read it again, and I went no way. I I I can't believe this. So I called Pastor, and I think on the third thing I said, read, take this in, because he was studying. I said, read this and tell me what you get. And he goes, he's off. I said, what do you think he's saying? That the price was paid in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus had drops of blood. That was wrong, totally, totally wrong. 
yet it was in the book and people read it. That's why we have to be so careful when we read something that we do not read it, just skim over it. If you're gonna, if you're gonna take the time to read a book, and I know Mark Hankins well enough, I said the name, I know that he would never write something like that. Whoever, whoever pr was supposed to read it and reread it and, and proofread it didn't get it right. He was one of um, Brother Hagen's favorite, you know, one of them that he would have speak. <clears throat> but it's good for us to see things like that and be shown things like that not putting down the minister, but the other one was completely erroneous. But seeing what we read and making sure that we know that we know that we know what we're reading. Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, so let's go look at the names of Satan. John 12, 31. interesting I hope you're getting something out of this today I don't want to lie hell is for liars or mongers every time I go through the book of Revelation I'm like whoa John 12:31. going slow trying to teach like pastor does I know I haven't said the scriptures over and over but John 12 31 now is the judgment of this world now shall the prince of this world be cast out Let's go up a little bit. So he's called the prince of this world. He's called the god of this age in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Remember when they told Jesus that he was casting out devils? We're going to get to that one in a second. For I know nothing by myself, yet I am not hereby justified, but he that judges me is Lord. What in the world? Sorry, now I'm in 1 Corinthians. Honey, i got to get new glasses. They put that line up too high in these ones. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the righteous gospel of Christ, 
who is the image of God, should shine upon them. The God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. You know, you walk around and you think, how in the world can these people believe this when it's proven to them? Well, the enemy has blinded their eyes. Some of you have relatives that the enemy has blinded their eyes. You're going to have to pray for them that their eyes are open. Revelation 12, 9. We need to pray for our country. We need to pray for our president. Things are, are being exposed and people are being exposed. We need to pray for the upcoming election. This, this election coming up, when is it, November, is very important. Revelation 12, 9. And that great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Da dragon, serpent, devil, deceiver. In Matthew 10, 25, it talks about Beelzebub. I'm sure it, I'm sorry it's Mark 322. That's the one that you said was down here long. Okay, you ready? <clears throat> Don't tell me. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, He is possessed by Beelzebub, and by the help of the prince of demons, he is casting out demons. Now, does that make sense? That, that to me is absolutely ridiculous that they would even say something like that. It's almost funny when you think about it, but it's not. And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by this prince of the devils casteth he out devils. And he called them unto him, and he said unto them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? And the kingdom be divided against himself. And if the kingdom, if the kingdom be divided against itself, the kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided and cannot stand, but hath an end, no man can enter into a strong man's house 
and spoil his good, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil the house. Verily I say unto you, all sins shall be forgiven, even the sons of men, and blasphemies wherein, wherein soever they shall blaspheme. But he that shall blaspheme against the Holy Ghost shall never hath never forgiveness, but is in danger of eternal damnation. That is heavy when you think about it. Let's go to um, line. I'm going to give you the definition of line right now. Satan defeated him. Now must we we need to walk in his path and keep the enemy defeated. And we have the power to do that in the name of Jesus. Lying, definition, dishonest, deceit, untruthful, fibbing, deception, trickery, sham, fraud, cheating, deceptiveness, and deceit. Okay, I'll read it again. Lying definition, dishonest, deceit, untruthful, fibbing. You know, some people will call them white lies. They're okay. They're not okay. I don't know what a white lie is. I guess like a white witch. I have no idea. Deception, trickery, sham, fraud, cheating, deceptiveness, and deceit. Lying is a huge issue for many Christians. The ninth commandment says, thou shalt not lie. You think maybe that's one of the reasons why they want it out of our schools? Just completely out. Thou shalt not lie. <clears throat> they should have that one on every courtroom wall. Thou shalt not lie. Or on the Bible. Okay. Let's look at some of these. In Zephaniah 3.13. I'm skipping over a lot right now. The sad thing is. Kids now today don't know the Ten, ten Commandments and there's so much deception and lying going on in the schools that they don't know it's wrong. I mean, in ourselves we know it's wrong. Our conscience tells us, whether you're born again or not, that you are doing wrong. You know, God gives everybody a conscience. Okay, Zephaniah, you ready? The good old Z brothers. How many got spanked for lying when you were little? Whitney, John, myself, you. 
I saw your hand, Gina. Did I see your hand, Nick? Did you get spanked for lying? Come on up here. I'll give you a spanking <laughs> for what you missed out on. Pardon? <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, Zephaniah 3.13. Thou wentest forth for salvation of the people, even for sal... I'm in Habakkuk. Come on. I am so sorry. I'm about ready to take these glasses and throw them. But what would you say? Listen to this. The remnant of Israel shall not do iniquity, nor speak lies, neither shall a deceitful tongue be found in their mouth, for they shall feed and lie down, and none shall make them afraid. What I read, when I read this yesterday, this is what I got. If you don't lie, if you don't do iniquity, or speak lies, or have a deceitful tongue be found in you, you're not going to fear. You won't, you won't have to deal with fear. When I read that, and I read it, and I read it, and I, I kind of meditated on I thought, this will keep a person free from fear. And, and we need to teach our children this. Of course, none of us have, but you two someday might have a little kid. I'm not saying together. I'm talking to you two over there. But someday you might get married and have little children. Remember this, teach them not to lie. Genesis 4 9. I'm just picking out some scriptures right now. Somebody's being real good over there. This talks about Cain and Abel, you know. Lying, unfortunately, began in the garden. You know, they had it made. They had it made there. Just leave the tree alone that's in the middle of the garden. It must have been a beautiful tree. I don't believe it was an apple tree. Leave it alone. But they couldn't leave, you know. And I know the enemy, I think, just kept coming to her. See that, see that tree over there? It's beautiful. He, he came, he went around every, every way he could to get her to fall. And Adam was standing right next to her. He's the one that God told him, told. And he, he saw her die, her beauty go away. And so here we see their two sons. Chapter 4, verse 1. And Adam knew Eve and his, as his wife. 
and she became pregnant and bore Cain. And she said, I have gotten and gained a man with the help of the Lord. And next, she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the course of time, Cain brought to, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of fruit of, of the ground. And Abel brought of his first fruit of his, of his flock and of the fat portions. And the Lord has had respect and regard for Abel and for his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard or no respect or regard. So Cain was exceedingly angry and indignant, and he looked sad and depressed. And the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why do you look sad and depressed and dejected? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not well, sin crouches at your door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. Now that's heavy. That saying right there is heavy. Sin crouches at your door. Can you imagine God telling you this? Sin is crouching at your door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. You might all want to write that down somewhere because if you got anything that came out of this today, we need to get this. And Cain said to his brother, let me go out to the field. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. I can't. And the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I don't know. Right there. He's, he has deception and lying in his heart. I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed by reason of the earth, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's shed blood, from your hand when you till the ground it shall no longer yield to you its strength you shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth in perpetual exile a de-regarded de outcast then Cain said to the Lord my punishment is greater than I can bear Behold, you have driven me out this day from the face of the land and from your face. I will be hidden and I will be a fugitive and a vagabond and a wanderer on the earth. And whoever finds me will kill me. And the Lord 
said to him, Wherefore, if anyone kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark or a sign upon Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. I wish we knew what that mark was. I know what the Mormons think it, used to think it was. Um, I'm not going to say on tape. So Cain went away from the pre presence of the Lord and dwelt in the land of Nod, wandering east of Eden. And Cain's wife, one of Adam's offspring, became pregnant and bore Enoch. And Cain built a city and, and named it after his son Enoch. To Enoch was born Irad and Irad, and it goes on Methuselah and and the father and it goes on all these names in verse 24 if Cain is avenged sevenfold therefore Lamech will be avenged seventy sevenfold and Adam's wife again became pregnant and she bore a son and called his name Seth for God said she had had has appointed for me another child instead of Abel, for Cain slew him. And Seth, also a son, was born who was named Enosh. At the time, men began to call upon God by the name of the Lord. Praise God. All this, he didn't have to lie. He didn't have to kill him. You know, they knew about blood offerings because of their parents, what had happened with their parents. An animal's blood had to be shed for the remission of their sin, which is sad, and yet he brings him a bunch of vegetables. That's not what God wanted. You know, when we take communion we see the blood and we see the bread which is, represents his body you know I can just imagine when God came down and Abel was not there and he knew what had happened I know the one I wanted to read that's the one last one and then we're done it is in sorry about that I've been skipping around to, it's in Acts. Acts is not in this one. Laurel, don't feel bad. If you saw my writing, you'd go, Whoa, let's hope I can read it. <clears throat> Someone look up Ananias and Sapphira. 
Pardon? Got it. I just found it in my notes. Acts 5. Remember the scripture we had that talked about completely being cast out? Blaspheme. Lying to the Holy Ghost. Let's read Acts 5. This one I could never get. That's why it's important to get to church early. If you think your mate's going to do some wild, crazy... I felt sorry for the guys that had to carry him out. Okay, here we go. But a certain... Acts chapter 5. But a certain man named, verse 1, Ananias with his wife Sapphira sold a piece of property and kept back part, and with, I'll go to the amplified, and with his wife's knowledge, and convinced, con, pronounce it, Terry, or whatever. Can you pronounce that word? I can't even hardly see the word. He kept back to wrongfully appropriated some of the proceeds, bringing only a part and putting it at the feet of the apostles. So he and his wife agreed they would keep back a wrongfully appropriated sum of the proceeds bringing only a part and putting it at the feet of the apostles. Number one, no one was asked to do this. It was on their own. It was offerings that they gave on their own. People were giving offerings that time to build up the church. And so no one was told that they needed to do this. This couple decided to do this. Yet, they decided to put aside some of it and say they were giving all of it. They decided we're going to do this and didn't even think about this is a big lie. We're bringing this into the church before God and we're giving it to God and they decided to say they were giving all of it. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart that you should lie to an attempt to deceive the Holy Spirit? And should, in violation of your promise, withdraw secretly and appropriate to your own use part of the price of the sale of the land? As long as it remained unsold, it was not still was it not still your own and even after it was sold was it not the money at your disposal and under your control why then is it that you have proposed and purposed in your heart to do this thing how could you have the heart to do such a deed you have not simply lied to men 
playing false and showing yourself utterly deceitful, but to God, upon hearing these words, Ananias fell down and died, and great dread and terror took possessions of all who heard it. Well, I guess so. I'm sure, I'm sure they wanted to make sure they wrote the right number on their tithing envelope or giving envelope. I'm just kidding. Okay, upon hearing these words, Ananias fell down and died, and the great dread and terror took possession of all who heard it. And the young man arose and wrapped up the body and carried it out and buried it. Now, after an interval of time, about three hours, long church services, three hours, his wife came in, not having learned of what had happened. And Peter said to her, Tell me, did you sell the land for so much? Yes, she said, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How could you two have agreed and conspired together to try to deceive the Spirit of the Lord? Listen, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out also. And instantly she fell down at his feet and died. And the young man entering found her dead, and they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Now, can you imagine these guys? Is this going to go on all day? Are we going to get one buried and come back in and have another one and keep, you know, keep going after this all day? What a church service. I bet no one moved. I bet they all stayed awake to see what was going to happen next. And the whole church and all others who heard of these things were appalled, great on strange terror and dread seized them. And by the hands of the apostle, special messengers, numerous and startling signs and wonders were being performed among the people. And by common consent, they all met together at the temple in the covered porch walk of Solomon's. And none of those who were not of the number dared to join and associate with them, for the people held them in high regard and praised and made much of them. More and more there were being added to the Lord those who believed, those who acknowledged Jesus as their Savior and devoted themselves to join him and gathered with them crowds both of men and women so that they even kept carrying out the sick into the streets and placing them on couches and sleeping pads in the hope that as Peter passed by, at least his shadow might fall on them. And the people gathered also from the towns and hamlets around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those troubled with foul spirits, and they were all healed. Over two dead lying people, the church began to grow supernaturally. Why? Because people knew God meant what he said and said what he meant. Now, when you, when you look at this, you would think that the church would begin to empty out. 
But that's not how it is. People want the truth. People want to see the truth in action. And that's when the glory of God began to fall on the church. People were healed and set free and delivered. Then I'll bet there was no lion in this church. I'll bet that all stopped in one day. I'm going to watch what I say and, and keep my thoughts to myself. But that's amazing to me. They weren't even told they had to send their, sell their property. They did it. They didn't have to come up there and say, this is all the money we got. You know, stand before God. You know, when you stand before God and make a vow, God believes, God stands with you. So we need to make sure what we're doing, we, in our hearts, we mean it. That's why the Bible says, you know, in, in offerings, what you have in your heart decided to do. You understand what I'm saying? Or your first fruits. In the tithe, he wants a tenth. But when it goes to offerings, give, he's, he says, give whatever you decide to give. Be like if, if you came in and you were going to put $100 in and you told everybody you were giving 300 I'd be afraid to do something like that before God. But the moral of the story here today is don't lie. <laughs> don't get in deception. Amen. I hope you got something out of this. Because all through the epistles, lying and especially in Galatians, he goes, don't, what? Who has, what's happened to you? Who's bewitched you, oh foolish Galatians, that you've gone back to your old ways? So when you start feeling you're going back to your old ways, slap yourself. Amen? Does anybody need prayer this morning? I hope you got something out of this. I got a lot out of it. I didn't even preach half of it, I don't think. You'd be shocked how much God talks about lying and Jesus talked about hell. and I mean, it's amazing. The things that, you know, this is our, this is our book of direction on how to make it through to the other side walking with the Lord and as long as we walk in it and do what he says we're free so no one needs prayer this morning okie dokie do you mind if I sit here and pray over you Terry can you pull this we thank you in the name of Jesus for your teaching this morning. God, that we just make a checklist on some things in our lives. Father, if there's any areas where we've lied or we've been lying and we haven't even realized it, 
We ask you to reveal things to us so we can get them under the blood according to 1 John 1, 9. And that you will complete the work that you've begun in us. And Father, greater are you that's in us than he that's in the world. We are more than conquerors. Now, I call finances in to every person in this church. Supernatural finances, God. You know where they are. You know how to find them. And I also pray for those that are looking for houses. You have the perfect house for them. And we give you the, the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, amen.